everyone welcome back to another episode of third and 20 dynasty podcast i'm jt joined by jake frank and lunas the usual crew a lot of news and notes to get to so we're just gonna kick it right into it i'll bring everyone along as we go uh the biggest news that dropped today tom brady officially retiring there's some doubt over the weekend but it, it's finally came true tom brady no longer going to be playing in the football league which will be the first time in since I think all of us can remember football. It'll, it'll be a weird world. It's an end of the era without Payne Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, Philip Rivers, uh, Eli, I guess we'll even throw in there. Um, just a whole squad of players <laughs> that no longer are playing uh, quarterback in the National Football League. We already touched on it last week. So, I don't know. For me, I, I, I think the only thing it really means is the... Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to find need to find a new quarterback. And Lunas, Kyle Trask was your guy last year. Uh, you know, talking <laughs> yeah. about Florida guy. I was going to say, they don't need to find a new shot? one. Is there uh, any shot that he's the starting quarterback? No, because they, they, they already have a championship roster. Why, why would they give it? Like I feel like they're just going to go for a veteran. I don't think they're going to draft someone. I think they're going to try to acquire one of those like bigger games. Or even like Jimmy G. They're they're still in win now mode from their roster. Their defense is still insanely good. I have to look into it because I think their cap situation is a little iffy. Um, I think they went just kind of all in, didn't care about the cap for the past two years, and now they might be in a pretty rough spot. And if that's the case, I wouldn't doubt them just kind of taking a year to reset the cap and giving Kyle Trask a chance. They did throw second-round draft capital at him. Um but I think the more likely scenario is they go for a, a bridge quarterback, whether that's Jimmy G, Teddy Bridgewater, someone someone like that. Frank, what do you think? What's Tampa's starting quarterback? Kyle Trask? <laughs> I can't be. You're right? like, I'm rooting for it. <laughs> it can't be. Yeah, you're rooting for it, but that's like, I feel like you're kind of pulling a Mason Rudolph there, you know? Like, we're going to commit to being 8-8 eight and eight this year. Um, I mean, if Kyle Trask gets you eight and eight, that's good. No, yeah, but it's not Kyle Trask doing it. It's the roster. That's a good team. (laughs) I don't know. It's going to be weird to see what happens with the Bucks. I feel like there's going to be quite a bit of a rebuild going on there from the outside looking. I mean, I don't know. The defense is nice, but I don't know. I'm not. I'm. I really don't see them being anywhere near as much of a threat. I, I feel like part of it is because I just don't believe that much in bruce arians right like to 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 transition after brady well there's also a lot of reports i mean we're starting straight a little from the dynasty stuff but like there are reports of turmoil in the locker room you have ab literally stripping on the sidelines and get me out of here you got bruce arians getting fined the following week for slapping a player in the back of the helmet um it's definitely not you know a tight well-run organization, I'd say, at least from Arian's standpoint. And I do think he's he's not a good coach. I've heard rumors. They're rumors, but, you know, there's a lot of Tom Brady involved in the coaching of the team and everything, and the, you know, a lot of it ran through Tom Brady, which I wouldn't be surprised about. You literally had Bruce Arians going, yeah, there's no chance Antonio Brown will be a member of our team. What happens just a couple weeks later, Antonio Brown's a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like, (laughs) I don't know. To me, it didn't seem like Arians had the reins on the team. Um, 
I think that's enough on that. Um, some other news that, you know, there's coaching hirings. There's some other coaching drama. We're going to get to that, all that later. We'll just elect to do like a, a bigger segment once everyone's hired, once we know who's where we can, you know, do an in-depth analysis on that. Uh, what is interesting and not being talked about enough, I would say, is the Senior Bowl is going on. We got all the seniors showed up. They're getting their heights and weights and measurements. And like every year, who would have guessed the schools may have embellished their heights and weights. <laughs> and so <laughs> running backs that we thought were 6'1", 215, 6'2", 225. Yeah, maybe they're all like 5'11", 195. <laughs> like <laughs> pretty big differences in terms yeah. of what you look for in NFL prospects and what you want to find from players. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll get the official tallies later on. It'll be fun to see next week once we all we get we get to see everyone playing and stuff. What we've heard so far is Carson Strong has looked good. Malik Willis looks good. Brian Robinson looks good. Um any other names you guys been seeing that can't sound, pick it. Can't can't pick it. Yeah. yeah, the quarterbacks have been all over the place. I, I'm actually they didn't air the senior bowl live, but they're showing a thing like, like a like a recap or something at eight o'clock which is in 30 minutes. I've got that bad boy recorded. So, yeah, we're going to do a whole Senior Bowl segment because I think the next two practices are aired and then obviously the game. But I'm going to be eyes glued to that TV for, for the Senior Bowl stuff. But you're going to hear mixed opinions on every single quarterback. I saw love for just about everyone. I saw some dude saying, oh, dude, Sam Howell's got the, got the zip on the football. He's got the best arm. And then someone's saying – no, 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 no. Carson Strong, I'm telling you, has more zip on that football than anyone else. And you got someone being like, fuck Desmond Ritter. And then you got like the Malik Willis stands over here saying something. So it's just a crapshoot. I'm going to have to watch for myself to see what's going on. Yeah. Um, it's uh, a lot of these players, I think, start to get overhyped and you get the overdrafting of certain guys. But it is a good start to see everyone's height and weight and, and see which guys stick out just at least among the senior bowl. Cause we want to know what's interesting is um, mm-hmm. cause we were talking about, we made that joke that people's weights and heights and hand measurements are off. Tyler Beatty weighing in 199 where he was listed, I think as 194 or 195 on Missouri's website. So like, an extra five or six pounds over over expected that i mean you can imagine that he was looking to put on that weight for nfl teams so maybe his playing weight is more yeah. like 195 but at the same time that's nice that might actually be relatively impactful for showing a team that he can be playing at around 199 200 i think etn did the same thing if uh he right. did he, he, yeah yeah well Ramondre stevenson tried and do an opposite thing and just tried losing a bunch of weight <laughs> Which he did, and I. You know, I remember Rager did that, fun. and it actually it kind of hurt him because he, I think it was in between his pro day and the combine, he, he tried to he put ran on weight, slower. and then he ran slower. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right, but yeah, uh, not a whole lot of news to go off yet. Well, we'll have a whole report next week when we get the full shebang. Um. All right, Joe Burrow, Cincinnati Bengals. They managed to beat the Kansas City. We. Kansas City Chiefs for the second time this season. Um, crazy stuff. What we have, though, I think, 
is maybe we're starting to overrate Joe Burrow at this point. Frank was yelling, sorry, Frank, but Frank was yelling, sell all Bengals, sell all yeah, Bengals. Now, he's gone to <laughs> now they're in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Cincinnati fans <laughs> clown Frank. Yeah, it was a rough, rough time. Hey, I did pick the Rams to go to the Super Bowl too, though. Yeah, well, now you better hope they win and defend your own. Yeah, now, now I'm really now. hoping they win because yeah. I've got <laughs> yeah. a future bet on them to win the Super Bowl and, like, it's the fucking Bengals, so a yeah. lot riding on, I mean, a lot of pride riding on this game for me. <laughs> Joe, Joe Burrow has looked really good, though, and it is like a coming out moment for him in, in the terms of he's now put himself in the, that top, top tier of those um, you know, young AFC quarterbacks where you have now Mahomes, Kyle Allen, Justin Hurt, uh, not Josh Allen, Kyle not Allen. Kyle Allen. <laughs> Josh <laughs> Allen, not Kyle Allen. Um, Justin <coughs> Herbert and Joe Burrow is right there. Um, you know, but to the point of that, he might be overvalued. So I'm just going to transition us right into, you know, trades that we might have made this week. And Lunas, you were able to trade Joe Burrow. Yeah, so Joe Burrow's dynasty stock, I guess just like recency bias seeing these postseason games, but his uh, kind of just like general consensus view and ranking of him is at like an all-time high. Like it's jumped significantly, even from like the end of the fantasy season, whether that was what, week 16, week 17. Um, it's just increased a ton and to the point where normally, I'd say at the end of the season, we probably had him what, like QB7, QB6. Yeah, so just recently I was able to try I was able to trade uh Burrow for Kyler Murray in a second. Who Kyler Murray before the end of the regular season was I feel pretty much everyone had him ahead of Burrow. And now Never like you, see, you said QB1. Kyler Murray quarterback one. Yeah, <laughs> I did. Clown. Hey, listen man, there's still time. You got know. the clown treatment from friends. Listen, all yeah. I'm saying Kyler's yeah. not no, Kyler Murray's time to be QB1 is 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 past. Yeah, he's not blowing that 21-3 lead. But uh, going forward, um, uh, what was I going to say? I just feel like now if I'm if I own uh, or if I'm have Joe Burrow, I'm kind of testing the market. Like I'm seeing like, oh, could I pivot to Herbert? Could I pivot to like a Josh Allen or even like a Mahomes or Kyler? Like the guys that have normally been above him, they even if they still rank those guys ahead, it's going to take way less to add on to Burrow to get like a Josh Allen or a Herbert. So I'd be testing the market for him if you have him. I, th I think this is a similar situation to Jonathan Taylor a couple of weeks ago where he has that crazy performance where he gets like 50-something points. He goes to the number one asset on Keep Trade Cut. Everyone knows that Jonathan Taylor is great, and then, you know, he's in just all the talking points, right? He's starting to get some MVP conversation. You just know that you should test the market there. You just should. Because if you can get that offer – they're only going to go down because th there's no way the hype can continue at, at maximum strength. I mean, you're, you're basically hoping that if you're buying Joe Burrow at this crazy value, that he has a crazy Super Bowl, he goes absolutely nuts, and it becomes like the number one dynasty asset. But I, I, I think his prices reached basically Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, so I, I'm selling at that. Yeah, and just looking at Joe Burrow's stats, um, he, he did put up – 33 points against Cleveland in his first season, in his rookie season, when he passed for nearly 50 times. Um, and then the only other time he, he even broke that 30-point mark was against the Ravens without any of their secondary at the end of the season when Jamar Chase went crazy. And then the following week against Kansas City uh, to wrap up the season, or, well, the, the second-to-last game. While 
the likes of a Kyler Murray, who Lunas just was able to trade for and get a second on top of, he does that like three, four times a season. Like he's done that multiple, multiple times. And, and people would say he had a down season this year. I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, like at least eight or nine times in the past two seasons he's managed to do that. It's just like points are, are what you want. And Kyler Murray, there's very few other quarterbacks who are capable of putting up the ridiculous numbers that Kyler Murray could put up in a game. Lamar Jackson's like the only one that comes to mind in terms of that. But um, yeah, I, I just think making that kind of move where you're getting Kyler Murray and a second on top of it, that's almost a no-brainer. Um, pivoting Joe Burrow into Patrick Mahomes, no-brainer. And I think these are deals that, unlike what we were saying with Jonathan Taylor, where maybe you couldn't get stuff like that done just because of like how super inflated he was, with Joe Burrow, he's like the only guy playing currently of, of any of those guys. So he's the only guy that's going to stay in people's minds. He's going to potentially get those deals done for you. And Lunas is just a prime example of that, where he was able to get that kind of deal done. Lunas, I just really like that deal, the way that you structured it, going into another top-end quarterback. Because if you can mm-hmm, get yeah. a really solid price to move from Burrow, because like, you might be able to get more from moving Burrow into Dak, someone who kind of had mm-hmm. a rough year. Um, or like Lamar. Yeah, or Lamar, where like some of these these guys, they're still great quarterbacks. They're worth a lot, but they have a couple more blemishes right now in their resume. Because if you can create like a first-round pick worth of value if that's the difference between those two quarterbacks right now burrow and and, and dak i love that or, or a very early second i just think that you're almost creating a pick because it's you have value. a quarterback it's that abs- has the, it, yeah you get, it, you i get think the i think it's pretty much it's pretty much free value because mm-hmm. you know at the end of the season for 95 percent of this the season whatever it was like dak lamar Joe Burrow, they were all in that same tier. So if you're staying yeah. in within that tier and you're gaining a first-round pick, an early second-round pick, it's absolutely a free value, and it's a no-brainer move. It just really feels like one of those types of deals that looks good a year from now. When that pick, especially yeah. if you're going for like a 2022 pick, um, not a 2023 or a 2024 pick, right? Uh, say you're just like, okay, well, this guy really loves his 2023 first. The 2023 first is beginning so much hype. You go for a 2024 first and Dak in exchange for Joe Burrow. All of a sudden come that 2024 draft and two years down the road, I feel like you're going to look back on that deal and be like, wow, I'm so happy that I did that to, to get this first round pick at a really cheap price. Yeah. Uh, the fact that Keep Trade Cut says it takes – you know, a, a mid to late first on top of Lamar to get Joe Barrow. That's insane. Seems pretty crazy to me. Yeah. Um, all right, but let's move on from that trade. Um, I had a trade that I was talking about, but I couldn't get it done. I, you know, negotiations went back and forth, but I thought it was interesting and I wanted to bring it up on the podcast. So I have Trey Lance in one of our leagues and one of our league mates came to, he's actually in the chat right now. What's up, Parker? Um, he, he came to me, um, with offering me 105 and I believe it was 204 for Trey Lance originally. And I've said it before, I'm just not really a fan of this quarterback class. And if I'm moving Trey Lance, I probably want to snag another quarterback. I don't think it makes sense for me to trade Trey Lance when I, I would go down to only two QBs and one of them being Baker Mayfield, who I'm not you know super confident in. So that I, I didn't want to do, but I, I digress. 
anyway, so he happens to have Deshaun Watson, and his team, it's non-centifies to tank. He's definitely in a rebuilding period or retooling period, I'd say, but he doesn't have his first-round pick come 2023. So he's not incentivized to tank. So a Trey Lance and Nick Chubb trade is what I offer. Trey Lance plus Nick Chubb for 105, 204, and Deshaun Watson, which if we look at the keep trade cut value, I will pull it up now. I believe it's a, basically a fair trade. Let's see. Um, but anyway, I want to hear your guys' thoughts on, on that. Uh, you're trading one unknown for a different unknown in, in terms of Trey Lance and what he's going to be for Deshaun Watson and if he even plays. And then you're trading Nick Chubb and, for 105 and 204 in a draft class that's good, not great, you know. Uh, what, what would you guys feel about that trade? I'll, I'll reiterate it so, so you guys remember. It's Trey Lance plus Nick Chubb for 105, 2022, 105, 204, and Deshaun Watson. I think it's, it really depends on how much you value Watson because if you think that Watson, like, is going to come back, be fine, and be that top-end quarterback again, well, then it's easily the Watson side I would take. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you're one of these people that wants nothing to do with Watson and thinks he's always going to be outside of those like top seven quarterbacks right now, um, I think that's like the tier one. There's about seven of them. I think I, I think I'd rather have the Lance and Chubb side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think you're right about seven. You got uh, Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Lamar, Dak, Kyler, Herbert. I think that's pretty much yeah seven yeah that wasn't in any specific order by the way but <laughs> just what i was thinking um yeah I mean, wait, even wait. with the uncertainty of watson i don't know because i mean for me and jt i know you're also kind of on the same side as me with this with just being higher on trey lance than like i guess like most dynasty players um so for me just being as high like going forward i'd rather have lance than watson um mm-hmm. i i like, I do understand the uncertainty with Watson, and I'm probably not on, like, the lower end of the scale where it's, like, oh, like, nothing to do with him. I never want to do any kind of trade involving him. But at the same time, like, it's, like, I don't know what to expect, like, a year off of football or, like, we'll see when he's able to come back. Um, there's, like, uncertainty yeah. with it. Like, is he going to just continue the exact same level of play? He's a year older or however much time. Uh, versus Lance, like, I, I've just always been insanely high on Lance. And Nick Chubb, we all love. So that's what makes it interesting in like a draft class like 2022 where it's like it's not like last draft class um, in terms of like just talent around like that 105 range is going to be available. So I, I think it's pretty fair. It does ultimately come down to uh, your opinion on Watson of where you rank him like in those dynasty quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, realistically, I think if Trey like – if Watson plays and if Trey Lance lives up to his potential, Watson's the better quarterback. We've already seen it. He was a top three dynasty asset previously before all this legal issues came up. And I just think that's what you're hoping Trey Lance is. That is what you're hoping he gets to eventually. And it's those are they're both big ifs just based on you know, one reaching his potential and one actually playing football again. <laughs> Right. So it's two big ifs. So if you just want to cancel those two out and then you're getting 105 and 204 for Nick Chubb, which is, I think, a trade that 
all of us would probably do for Nick Chubb, who's getting to that age where you want to sell off your running backs and he's 26 and you can get a top five pick and a second. I, I think that's a, a good trade. Yeah. I, so ultimately that's the trade that I offered and got rejected, which I, fair enough. I, I think I, I, if I was in the, the other person's shoes, I, it'd be difficult for me to feel either way about it. I, I think I might accept it if I was in the other person's shoes, getting Trey Lance and Nick Chubb. If I have no incentive to tank, if I'm just in a rebuilding phase, because you get that nice young quarterback who, while he does have question marks about him, like at least I know he's playing or he, he should yeah, be I playing. Also, I also think a big aspect of that is pick 105 this year is not pick 105 last year and it's yeah not it's not pick 105 next year or even in 2024 this is going to be one of the, the weaker draft classes that we've we've seen in the and going to see for a little bit here um so i think just given well, that pick it's not valued the same as as it has been in the past i don't, i don't think pick 105 is like I think a lot of people are making pick 105 out to be worse than than it will be. But in terms of like, yeah, you're comparing that was probably Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts last year who are right, which you're not getting top, yeah. top tier guys. Yeah, now are, you're getting both guys were generational prospects. You're not getting a generate. There's I don't think there getting, is a generational prospect in this draft, let alone at pick 105. Yeah, you're, at 105, you're probably looking at like a. Isaiah Spiller, Traylon Burks, those might not even make it there. It might be a um, London or a Garrett Wilson. Yeah. yeah. Or whatever quarterback you want to take, pretty much. Which I, I, I just I don't have any faith in those quarterbacks. So, yes, See, I think the thing is where I disagree with you, JT, is that you were saying that you would take the Lance Chubb side if you were a rebuilder. I think I would only take that side if I was a contender because – like Jake was saying, 105 and 204, well, I actually don't think that's a bad deal for Chubb. I think it's just a little bit rich for a guy who is going to start to go through the slander, right? He's, like, he's, he's, yeah. he's already there. He's he's going through the slander yeah, already. That's the old allegation. So you're just going to buy an asset. like So, okay, if I'm a contender and I, I love Nick Chubb, you're probably not going to find another Nick Chubb truther like me. So I'm fine with buying him. I think that he's going to be more – he's not going to just wither away like some might expect him to. I think he has a decent shelf life left. But at the same time, like, if I'm a rebuilder, I'm all I care about is value. I don't care about getting a good deal right now for a decent running back who's going to depreciate for fantasy points. I don't give a fuck about that. So, like, okay, if I'm a contender, I need the running back – Okay, yeah, I'll pay up for Nick Chubb. It's not going to be the best deal, but I'm going to be able to win some damn games this year. Mm -hmm. That's the only way I do it. Mm -hmm. That's fair. All right, I think we spent also if you're a contender. Also, if you're a contender, you're giving away Deshaun Watson for Trey Lance, which is probably the the less you know the if you have to worry about less because Jimmy G. The report came out today that they're looking for trade partners for Jimmy G. So you're expecting Trey Lance to start. Uh, and be productive as he was the third overall pick yeah. in the NFL draft. Well, season. if you're spending a third overall pick on him, he better be starting his second season. Otherwise, what yeah. are you doing? You're a team that was just at the Super Bowl. That third overall pick could have brought you to the Super Bowl. Yeah, but I think there's the argument for Watson, too, that Watson could just come back and be Watson again. Well, so that's, that's the question, though, right? Like, 
say he settles, does the NFL still give him punishment? Is he is he in trouble for something? Does he even does he still have his issues with Houston? Like, what if Houston doesn't get a coach he wants? What if teams don't want to trade for him now? There's still so many different things with Deshaun Watson that I, I don't know. I don't feel confident about a lot of them. I like. I would not feel confident about Deshaun Watson starting week one of this upcoming season. Now, if we're talking two seasons from now, I, that's I, I feel pretty confident he should be back in, in the the twenty twenty three start starting season, number twenty twenty three. Um, yeah, but I don't know. Like, I I just don't know the scenario because for as many of that, you can also say, well, what if he just comes back? Well, we've already seen what he can do. Yeah, he's only twenty six. Yeah, that's the thing. His old age thing. <laughs> his age thing. It's like, all right, he's twenty six. Like he's got ten years at least. <laughs> like, he could be an efficient quarterback. Um, all right, so let's move on. Jake, any, any kind of trades you're thinking about doing? Yeah, uh, I was actually offered a trade by Parker, who's in the chat as well. Uh, he, <laughs> the, the, the certified trade addict himself. Um, <laughs> But yeah, he offered me 204 for Jerry Judy straight up. And I understand we can't play this game. We talked about it last offseason and you get into it this offseason, especially with the Broncos of, well, they're going to get a quarterback. It's going to be Aaron Rodgers. Like, obviously, it's going to be Aaron Rodgers. They just, you know, signed Nathaniel Hackett to be their head coach. He's going to bring in Rodgers right from Green Bay. Um, and I think once you, you play, like, obviously, I think 204 is a little low for Judy, regardless of who's playing quarterback here. So that's the first part of this. But in general, I think it's just something to try to stay away from when you're trying to evaluate assets going into the offseason of, like, well, they're going to bring in this guy or they're going to cut this guy. Like, nothing's for certain in the NFL. And if you get into these what-if scenarios, you're going to end up just either – you're going to end up making a bad trade, whether you overvalue someone that ends up being just exactly what he was this year when you were expecting an improvement, or if you undervalue a guy expecting a decline. So I just think the Broncos are a prime, prime example of this this year, just because of all of the rumors of Aaron Rodgers going to Denver. It's um, what is it? I had a thought the other day, uh, not the other day, earlier today, because uh, I saw. I don't know how legit this report was, but if Adams and Rogers both team up in Denver, it's gonna be mm-hmm. hilarious to see like the emotional roller coaster of like like Sutton and Judy managers for like ten minutes after Rogers signs, like celebrating. Then like right after that, you see like Adams sign there also. Um, I mean, yeah, no, with Broncos players, it's kind of tough because it's like impossible to judge because you have no idea what it is like. If if um if Rogers ends up going there, Judy's value shoots up to what? Maybe like equivalent to like 108, 109. But it's like so right now it's kind of tough. What's your are you just holding out until you see free agency come along? Or like what would be the offer that made you like not wait until then? You'll just be like, fuck it, I'd accept now. I think Judy and is probably worth a late first this year, somewhere okay. in the 110 to 112 range as of right now not in not expecting anything at the quarterback expecting teddy bridgewater to be there again um if rogers comes back i it com- does come there i think his value shoots up and i think yeah i think everyone will probably overhype him and probably expect him to turn into 
you know, an all pro caliber receiver. He might be a sneaky sell at that point. So what what on top of 204 then though? Because if if you're saying 110 to 112, I mean, 204 is not terribly far away. So one on top of 204 gets it done for Judy. Another second, probably. Honestly, I, I just don't, I don't think a third moves the needle on that trade. I think if you're trying to, Judy's still so young and has such high draft capital in him. And we saw what he could do at Alabama in that offense. I just, obviously it's probably just, you know, being a truther or whatever you want to call it. But I think Judy does have a potential. He's played with no one at quarterback besides Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. Um, You get a guy that could actually throw the ball down the field. I think it's really going to, really going to boost his value. Um, I think it's going to boost all their values when we're talking about, you know, Portland Sutton, Noah Fant. I even think it helps Javante Williams moving forward. It'll get people out of the box, allow him to make some some more deep rushes going on. Um, I don't know. I think two seconds for Judy is pretty fair. If not, I like 110 110 to 112 straight up. I'm interested where David Bell's currently going in because he's my receiver four. I think he's consensus receiver four. I'd be interested to see where he's currently going in super flex he's, mock drafts. He's probably going around there, and that's why I say that. If I can get one of those top four or five receivers, I think it's worth it for Judy and just kind of ro- re-roll the dice on a young wide receiver. I think I think any pick after David Bell, I, I would trade away for, for Judy or Sutton. Um, and then if I'm the person who has Judy or Sutton, I wouldn't trade unless I was getting – the likes of the David Bell player from right, the and that's why I think it, all the Broncos' weapons right now are just a flat-out hold. See what happens at the quarterback position. To see what who's on the board come draft night in your leagues, um, because I think their variability is so high right now that it's very hard to put a accurate price. Dude, on. they're all in the mix in paradox. Everyone wants the no. first. No one wants to give the first. They're all in the like. Look, if I had that late first and I, I didn't think David Bell would be available there, I'd trade the late first for Cortland Sutton. I'd do it, but I, I just don't have the first to give up for that. <laughs> so I can't. Yeah, I have David Bell projected as like a mid to late first round pick in Dynasty draft. So, yeah. Oh, there goes Mr. Hankman. I don't see him. Oh, I see him on my screen. I still have him. Yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. I'd like to think that Aaron Rodgers, if he's in like a dynasty league, like before announcing his decision to sign, like just trades for all the Broncos ahead of hand at like the cheaper price, then like announces he's signing to Denver. That that's it's, how the trade just, gets leaked. Just, just Aaron just Rodgers counts all of them. <laughs> Resells all of them for first. All right. I don't know why Jake is Jake, can you speak real quick? Yeah, Jake, right. can you just leave and join back? Oh wait, never mind, you're back. You're back. You're good. You're good. You're good. All right, I'm going to get into my trade that I actually did right before the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, we can do it quick because this is something I was saying to do like a couple episodes ago. Dude, Mike Evans. Got rid of Mike Evans. I was saying Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, I would sell for a first-round pick right now. They're the, um, other than Devontae Adams, the highest-valued like t- receivers from that draft class or around there. Um, I think it was like, what, 2012? Somewhere around there, right? I think it was Um, 2013, but yeah. But yeah, I was saying if I can move Mike Evans or Keenan Allen for a first-round pick in 23 or 24, I'm doing it. Basically, no hesitation. I actually didn't think it was going to be able to get done because I had offered him out and and 
all of my leagues, basically. But I finally got a bite today, which is ironic because Brady retired today. I was about so to say that. Like, maybe that's what it took to get to spark the interest in in Mike Evans. But I was able to trade Mike Evans for not just a, a 2023 first, but 210 in swap for a third next year as well. I just won the championship in this league. So I'm assuming that third should be relatively late. Um, I'm ecstatic with the deal. I, I accepted it instantly. You guys, you guys all agree with me there? Yeah, I think you got such an unrealistic offer to what is probably the case <laughs> at this point. Hey, especially right after the Brady retirement. That's like pretty you couldn't have got You couldn't have got that trade when Brady was still playing. It doesn't make that. I'm still <laughs> baffled by the well, offer. Yeah, but right. someone brought up a good point in that everyone's. I think it was JT was yeah, saying was everyone is saying to buy low because if you remember, this is the same thing happening with Allen Robinson. Everyone's saying, "Oh, I would buy low on Allen Robinson." Well, what if buying low to someone means just acquiring that? I mean, Mike Evans. The thing is, you can talk yourself to Mike Evans if you ask anyone on the Dynasty sub their opinion of Mike Evans. Guess what? The first word they're going to say is. Underrated. Underrated. That's how yeah. you know. Like it's the same thing happened with Al Robinson last year. Oh well, he got a thousand yard seasons with shit stain McGee one, two, and three as his quarterbacks. He's underrated. He has to be good. Yeah. Good question I, here. You oh, guys yes. want to answer it? Uh, sure. Yeah. Let me see. It. What's the question? Twelve team Superflex Dynasty 0.5 PPR. Send C Mac. I guess that's Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey. Right? Yeah. For Con- James Connor, Kareem Hunt, 23 first late and a 24 first. Thoughts? Yes. So, so two first, Connor and Hunt for CMC? Yes. I, yeah, I, I, I do that. I think that. this is the. Oh, wait, no, it's super flex. Um, eh. two, two first, Connor They're and Hunt. They're both late for CMC. first, right? Well, we don't know. 2024 yeah, could be. Yeah, 2024, 2024 yeah. could be anything. Yeah, that's fair. Um, are you are you is your team good? Are you a contender? I think I might take that anyway. I think I take it anyway. I, but. I don't think there's any uh, there. There's no other twenty. How old is CMT? Twenty five, twenty six. There's no there's, other twenty five year old running back you would you wouldn't yeah immediately smash the accept two two for two firsts for an aging running back plus two like right, I mean it's kind of James Hunt uh, two running backs three is realistic yeah they're, they're solid flex plays um yeah I'm taking that because uh, right now that's a we're assuming that's a seven to twelve well with CMC that'll probably help should help you if he's healthy which I think he will actually be this year uh that probably will be a late 2023 first but uh, this 2023 first it's looking really good regardless of where it is in the first round and then you're getting yeah. that 2024 first on top of it, which Frank's going out of his way to already start acquiring <laughs> right now. I, I'm I'm doing it, and I, I, I like CMC. I, I but yeah, I think the thing that that's just more than he should be going for right now. Correct. It yeah, feels like. All right. Well, I think that was an easy. We're all in agreement. There's no, I, I, yeah. I love McCaffrey, though. Like, I actually don't think that's a bad price to acquire McCaffrey at. I ultimately say, yeah, but I was I didn't think it was, like, a smash yes if if you're trying to, like, compete the next season. Because, like, well, it depends what position. Like, if, if you're retooling or something, yeah, you take that. But if you're trying to compete, like, those picks, yeah, that help you in the future. But if you feel like, like you have, like, a win-now roster, I could understand the hesitancy. But I think that's good value for McCaffrey. It's, he said it's, it's, 
He said he is a contender. He's got Dak, Zach Wilson at quarterback, Dobbins, Gordon, Kareem Hunt, and James Conner is running back twos. Uh, Devontae Adams, DJ Moore, Higgins, and Andrews at tight end. He's got 106, 23 firsts, 223 firsts, and 324 firsts. Oh, interesting. Well, Jesus Christ. So it seems like he's considering trading for. Oh, so you're trying to get McCaffrey? I... He said said McCaffrey. But I think that's what his, his, that's yeah, what his lineup that's what his would be. Is. That's what yeah. his team would be if he makes the trade. Oh, okay, oh okay. yeah. I, that team still looks like it's a competitive team, like certainly. And you have all the first draft. You have all those picks. You can you can no. trade for another back. Yeah, I think if you do that, you could easily pick up another running back for depth piece, <clears> and you'll be still competing, and your I, team will be much better Nick moving Chubb. forward. Yeah, I just trade one of those picks for Nick Chubb. Yeah, it's just again like two first plus for any running back is is tough for me to do. Uh, you know. With uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor, I'd do it for Javante. I, I'd consider even him might be tough. Like two firsts is just, it's a lot for a running back, and, and it's an old like it's an aging running back. So, yeah, the only thing I don't really love getting James Conner and Hunt in that deal. I'd rather get like, oh, I'd rather get like another up. good pick. <clears> yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe well. if you can, I just, I, I think well, Hunt I like hard to move James, either of them. Hunt I like. Connor, I'm kind of. Hunt, I think, is going to depend a lot on. Like, I think what Hunt happens can help with him this offseason. Yeah. What happens with Hunt this offseason? If he goes to a place where he could be the lead back, I think his value is going to go up, actually. But I think the nice thing about this trade is that you don't have to be caught holding the bag on CMC if he goes kaboom. Yeah. Um, Like, now is the. For... For what he is right now and how much slander he's gotten and where he's ranked, that's a good offer to get. Like, that's probably more than most people would trade for Christian McCaffrey. Um, so, like, get it, you get those two firsts. You can always trade those, those kind of firsts for a David Montgomery and get an RB2 if you really need one. Uh, would you do a 2023 first for ETN? If you're asking if I would trade a 2023 first, I, I would... I would trade ETN for a 2023 first. Correct. I wouldn't trade a 2023 first for ETN. Yeah. Uh, I, I uh, mean, I think you might just be able to get something back if you were to do that anyway. Yeah. Like, I think you can yeah. get ETN in a third. or I, I mean, ETN in a second is a stretch, but I think you could get something on top of ETN. If, if the person's selling ETN for that, you can get a little, a little smidge on top. I have extra. him in the third and 20 league, and if anyone wants to send me a 2023 first, I'll be, be yours. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nope. All right. So we'll I've see. got three of them. I'm not sure I'm That's parting true. ways with them. I might, I I, I might any, think about I it. I don't have any first, thanks to Josh Allen, but is, I'm not is, too mad about it. Are, are the yeah. only people picking in the first round me, Frank, and Lappy? Is that I don't like have a first this year. Oh, okay. It's, it's, Lappy like, has man. like six first round picks. Right, well, yeah, we'll one of the, for, for context, one of the people <laughs> in, in the third and 20 dynasty league that we made traded for like eight of the first round picks this year he has yeah. picks one and two and I then pick picks three. Like and then he has like six four and to, five to 13 because he has 201 too <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna have the whole draft class. he went crazy all right um i think that's it for the the trades that we're going to do we we've talked about the segment before we're going to bring it back we're going to look at the right recap 
Um, so we're looking at yeah. some of the top posts on Reddit. And one of the top posts was discussing Trevor Lawrence. And buy low of the century. Yeah, you got to like the clickbait headline of best buy low candidate of the decade. And oh, this person, decade. yeah, you, Matt, 100398 on Dynasty Reddit, r slash Dynasty FF, said, I can't believe how many people seem to have given up on or demand or deem Trevor Lawrence as a bust. When have we ever seen a QB get drafted to a terrible team and have a great or even above average rookie year? Yes, Lawrence threw a lot of picks, but the key takeaway is that those picks never kept him from continuing to throw. And decimated offense with massive coaching issues, Lawrence's confidence never seemed to waver. With ETN as a familiar safety blanket next year, along with the presumably improved overall offense, I expect it to truly be his growth year. He might disappoint on the stat sheet once again, but the game is bound to slow down massively for Lawrence. In Superflex leagues, I legitimately think he should be valued the same as the likes of Joe Burrow. Go buy him low net. Okay, so I never disliked uh, Trevor Lawrence. I still liked him coming into this year, but I think that description made me lower on him, to be completely honest. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He's like, but he still threw passes. I'd hope so. He's the starter. (laughs) You're getting paid to. Um, I mean, I think that last statement was kind of ridiculous to even put him in the same tier as like like that Burrow Dak tier. I, I mean, Listen, I still, I mean, he's still a top Joe, 12 dynasty quarterback, but Joe Burrow went to a horrible Cincinnati yeah. team and was very productive prior to, you know, getting his knee blown up. Um, and then he's Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray was drafted to a horrible Arizona team and was able to put up numbers. I, I don't really buy the whole he has such a bad team, he's not going to be able to do anything. That, that whole concept, if you're that good, you're going to do something. Regardless, and he was considered one of the best QB prospects since Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning, the list goes on and on. But like he's still at QB nine, he really hasn't lost any value, which is the key takeaway that I have here is that he you know coming into the league as you know the number one overall pick, the one one in pretty much every superflex draft, he was ranked right around that QB nine, QB eight range. Behind all the guys, the likes of Josh Allen, you know, Mahomes, Kyler, all those guys. Behind all those guys, rightfully so. You're not going to put anyone coming in that hasn't played a snap in the NFL above those guys who are, you know, MVP uh, candidates every year. So the fact that you're saying he's a buy low is just tough for me because he really hasn't lost any value. Yeah. I think if we're being honest about what – Trevor Lawrence's range of outcomes can can most likely be at this point. It seems it is way more likely he's going to be in, in the realm of the Tua's and, and Baker Mayfield's and, you know, maybe if we want to bump him up oh, you're higher, that like the Ryan Tannehill's. It, just in terms of, like, who he is as a quarterback, like, I don't necessarily – you're saying that low on him. I, I think all three of those guys are fine quarterbacks, but he's just not – that general generational talent that people thought he was. If he was, we would have seen it already. Damn. I don't I disagree with that. Like you can say like, oh, he thrived. <laughs> oh, I'm but... sorry. Wide receiver one was Laquan fucking Treadwell. Let's be well, real. You had you had Baker Mayfield break the the rookie record on a team that had Hugh Jackson coaching it, which is worse than Urban Meyer. Yeah, but Baker Mayfield and... is is talented. Like Baker Mayfield's talent yeah, is not ba- the problem. Trevor Lawrence is the most. Dude, to be you can just watch Baker Mayfield. The dude's rattled. His footwork is trash. 
It's terrible. Oh. This guy's twinkle toes. He doesn't know where to go. He doesn't know how to play anymore. The guy's rattled. You see TJ Watt in that Steelers game? TJ Watt oh, okay, is well, dead. Well, Baker Mayfield, does. he's just a different person now. He's He's rattled. If Baker Mayfield didn't play for the Browns and he played for the Minnesota Vikings, a team that you don't have any rooting interest against, how would you feel about Baker Mayfield? Dude, Trevor Baker Lawrence, was terrible. the thing, I, I don't hate yeah, Baker. It's just the guy played like shit. He was, yeah, he was last year was not a good year for Baker Mayfield. I'm not, not talking about bad. specifically last year, but I'm talking about Trevor Lawrence is way more likely to be an average quarterback who, like, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but the price he's at, that's not buy low. That's you know, a buy yeah, out of but dude, he's got way more talent than besides Baker, all those other quarterbacks that you listed, oh, Trevor Lawrence, and he's more talented than Baker too. Like, I'm not saying he's not more talented than Baker, but Baker is the only guy who has the arm talent to, to make the same throws as Trevor Lawrence. Um, the other guys just don't, I mean, Tannehill necessarily just, off platform, I don't think he's anywhere yeah. near as good. You saw that playoff throw to AJ Brown. Yeah, but dude, player. Trevor Lawrence has a fucking rocket. That dude, his deep ball is beautiful. It's it's. He, I think he's gonna be fine. Wait, wait, the problem with Trevor Lawrence is that I, I think that he just was was missing a little bit on those touch throws. He wants to rocket everything. He wants to, you know, he when he plays Madden, he holds down the button that he throws to his guy every time. It's just. Laser, laser, laser. He needs to be able to, like... Get some touch. Well, yeah, like... Because sometimes he'd just rocket that shit, and it'd be, like, three yards off. Well, but I I'll think with a little bit of improvement, he'll be good. I'll say this with Trevor. Can Do you guys see, like, a... Like, obviously not, like, when we say ceiling, it's like, well, it could happen. Like, a realistic possibility that he enters, like... At some point over the next maybe two, three years, that he enters that, like, top, top tier where we consider, like, Mahomes, Allen, Herbert... I mean, there's always um, the Tyler, possibility. Or do you think there's he's going to kind of I mean, like, realistic guess. Or do you think no, he kind of stays? He... I think his ideal outcome is kind of being, like, similar to Dak. Where, like, you're still a QB1, but you're not, like, you're I, not, like I just don't guy. think it's... It, it looks like, according to Keep Trade Cut, a, a pivot from Trevor Lawrence into Dak is, is a feasible thing that you could do. You might have to pay a little bit on top, but I'm taking Dak every time. And it's just... Like, Trevor Lawrence is fine, but I think Dak could be that, like, more... Dak could get you into that elite tier much more easily than than Trevor Lawrence. And you have to remember, this is still the Jaguars, where it looks like Byron Leftwich doesn't even want to coach for the team because... Well, isn't Balky's it because he wants there. to bring his own GM and yeah, the yeah. GM there? Yeah, the Jags fans hate that GM. They haven't, they haven't brought in a head coach yet. You don't know who the coach is going to be for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, this is going to be such a formative year for the player where if you if you have two bad seasons in a row, well, now we're talking you're the likes of Sam Darnold and Daniel Jones and all of them where it's like, all right, well, mm. you got to step it up or, or there's nothing here for you. I, I still like Lawrence. I'm still going to value him as a top 10 dynasty quarterback. Like, Would you trade, would you trade Dak for Trevor Lawrence right now? No, I, I have Dak higher than Trevor Lawrence. I'd much rather – not much rather have Dak. I'd rather have Dak, and I value him definitely what higher. What about Russell Wilson? Yeah, I'd rather have Russell Wilson. Trey Lance. What about Trey Lance? I'd rather have Trevor Lawrence over Trey Lance. Team Lance. I still have Trevor Lawrence as the QB1 from the class last year. Interesting. All right. 
Dude, I think that people are really, really overrating some of these rookie seasons, and they're not seeing the full picture. They're just looking at some of these box scores. They, they saw one primetime game, and the, these are the narratives being brought out. I think that if you were to take go at a, at a broader lens, look at the full body work from start to finish, what they improved on, what they need, what they struggled at, what they need to improve on, I really don't think Trevor Lawrence is that far away from being a pretty damn good quarterback. He just needs to to fix a couple of things, and his receivers need to help him out too. Is he getting receivers? Tell I know he's getting. Well, I mean, CJ's dude, if you're back. rolling up with the receivers that you had at the end of last year, then I'm sorry. Like, it's the Jaguars. <laughs> no one's jumping out of their shoes to go play for the Jaguars either. They're gonna have to pick it up through the draft and everything, and. We've seen what this team can do with the draft. I don't know. Also, not a stat having... line of 12 touchdowns and 17 interceptions is a not great Trevor Lawrence. And not having a seven-week stretch without any kind of touchdown. <laughs> yeah. Also not ideal. You know, not breaking the 200-yard mark in, like, six of your 14 games. Like, not good. <laughs> There's really no excuse. You are hating. You are hating. I feel bad because that sounds like I'm hating hard on Trevor. I kind of am hating hard on Trevor, but I still view him as like a top twelve dynasty. I think I think he's. But I'm like, not buying him. Doesn't sound like, like it. It doesn't sound like if you. He's just like lower end twelve. I'm not. I'm not saying I'd trade Trevor Lawrence for the likes of Baker Mayfield to uh, Ryan Tannehill, but I think that's he's way better than more those. likely to be his outcome than it is to be a Kyler or Josh Allen. Dude, or Brian Flores is not rage quitting if Trevor Lawrence is his quarterback. All right. But he did with two. Uh, he did with fucking well, two. He raged. I'm just saying that's more likely think, his outcome. I think no, there was I, I more think, going think, on in Miami than just. If, if I could trade, Tre- if I could trade Trevor Lawrence for Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Dak Prescott, oh. I'm doing that for all three of those straight up, straight up. I think I agree with JT. With that, not the Baker Trey, two. Trey, Trey, I think Trey he's going to be better than Baker and two. Trey Lance did more and a half against the Seattle Seahawks and Trevor Lawrence did the whole season. I have not seen anything from Trevor Lawrence to, to make me think, oh, he's going to be Trevor Lawrence's most recent game, dude. He was lights out against... Oh, what happened he the game before that? What, what happened the game before that? Lights out against... Talk, talk to me. Defense. Talk to me. Oh, but what defense did he play the week before? What happened the week before that, Frank? Dude, y'all are hating. One week before. Y'all are one week before they lost by like 50 points to the Patriots. <laughs> that was brutal. <laughs> that was brutal. Dude, Trevor Lawrence is gonna be good. Y'all are drinking the Kool Aid. Carson Wentz just makes nope, the you're drinking the Kool Aid. <laughs> We're drinking the the reality juice, Frank. We're on the reality <laughs> the reality juice. juice. Yeah. <laughs> He's fine. He's not great. That's. Let's That's do a thing. pod bet. What do you, we don't want the pod bet okay. to be? Where he's right. Wait, let's let's write this let's down. Do, let's, let's do, let's write do down Trey Lance versus Trevor. Okay. No, let's just do straight up. Is he higher or lower than quarterback nine next year? Lower. That's an easy lower. Lower. Let me see. I don't even know. I don't even know. I don't even know. I mean, it's not Frank argument. Frank is saying that he's dynasty QB nine. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. He's got. No, being dynasty QB nine doesn't mean necessarily have to next year. Well, yeah, talking- I'll take I'll take the under on on nine, including nine. I'm taking the under. I well was under. Me. I get I get top nine. I get top nine spots. He's in the top Fine. nine. Fine. Okay. He's gonna go down. He's gonna go down. Next question. 
Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, you give me top ten then. I, I'm gonna wait. try. If if it's guaranteed, he's going. To, give me top ten then. Give me top ten. If we you don't. Come. Fine. What, what's, fine. what's the bet though? What are we making the bet? We need a terms of engagement here. Someone come up with something quick. What um, do you have to do? Um. Shave Lunas's head. Uh, <laughs> Lunas is the one at stake. Um. <laughs> I don't know. Three podcast points. Podcast. Point? <laughs> All right, <laughs> I'm gonna have. What's the currency value of a podcast point? What's the What's the price of an award? Can we just get an award? The, the other person has to gift the other person a trophy. Two like Two trophy. eggs on the head to the following draft stream. Oh my god, not the eggs again! <laughs> <laughs> All right, look at this. A custom trophy is pretty cheap. The The loser right, has to buy on. the winner. We'll, we'll decide the Trevor the Lawrence custom. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out later. Okay. Um, <laughs> I can't believe you, Frank. Um, I get got... top ten. I get top ten. Wait, top ten? Top... Top, top one through nine. The Are fact that top you're even, or top the, nine? The, the fact that you're even wanting the top ten though makes me say like Trevor Lawrence is not the best buy of the decade. <laughs> because no, he's not. He's not the best buy yeah. of the decade. We'll see, but we'll I get see, top we'll, ten. We'll see if Trevor Lawrence can match the likes of Jalen Hurts with the top ten. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. Next post in the Reddit, we got Gabriel Davis versus Darnell Mooney. We're revisiting the debate, and let's see what they had to say on the... Yeah, the Mooney truthers thought they had the, a comfortable yeah. lead. So you slash pick 3789 in r slash dynasty fantasy football said, this was a hot debate this past offseason. There were tons of posts debating which one people would rather have going forward. Mooney followed up his solid rookie showing with 81 for 1,055 on 140 targets with pretty subpar QB play. I disagree. All year. Davis followed up his rookie campaign with a pretty disappointing sophomore season by basically repeating his rookie output, 35 catches for 549 yards on 63 targets, even with one of the best QBs throwing to him. Before the divisional playoff game, I think pretty much everyone would have agreed Mooney was the winner of this debate. But there are a large number of Gabe Davis breakout posts anointing him as the next great thing. Does the 200-yard, four-touchdown game change your opinion of Mooney versus Davis, or is this just an isolated playoff performance that doesn't mean much long-term and it's just a bunch of recency bias? Big recency bias. It's, it's recency bias. It's, one dude had 140 targets and 1,000 yards. What are we arguing here? The other had 500 on 35 catches. What are we talking about? And yeah, by the way, and that was with subpar subpar. Yeah, they, I they like were, Justin Fields, but he had a couple of good games and he had some really rough ones. Chicago was in thirtieth in in passing yards per game at one eighty eight point six point six above the New York Giants at one eighty eight. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I didn't count in the the Andy Dalton. <laughs> Yeah, that, cool, that cool. was like cool guy. But... <laughs> <laughs> it's like I, mean, I just didn't count QB play for half season. Well, dude, like when, when, when I see subpar, when I see subpar quarterback play, I gotta go and defend my guy Justin Fields. One podcast fine. point is equal to one shroot buck. I mean, I mean, does this make does this make if this is a debate right now? Does that mean Gabriel Davis is a sell? Real quick. Yes. Yes. Yes, oh, freaking yeah, these ridiculous it. prices that people are somehow. I saw some dude got him for one hundred and five. It's like, dude, I'm sorry. Do you have to ask Wait. if that like that's just a clear overpay? Some dude yeah. got who for one hundred and five? Some guy traded Gabe Davis away for one hundred and five. Let me see what Gabe Davis's price is. How are you even what? getting a first round pick 
is my question. I would think like collusion if I saw that. Yeah, exactly. That trade would get vetoed in most leagues. <laughs> the thing is, I just I, I don't I don't think that Gabriel Davis is at the value that he's at on keep trade cut. Apparently he's worth as much of, as Pat Fryermuth and Hunter Renfro. Like what? I'd much rather have those players yeah, I'll Dallas trade Goddard as well. Like I just don't think that you're gonna get that price. I really don't. I think that you're gonna get more of like a 206 or a 207 that like okay some leagues you could probably get a little more but who really like how many leagues do you get more than 205 for gabe davis no 205 206 i take most second for for gabe davis i'd rather just have the second i i also just think buffalo is going to add a receiver um, should we have another they... hour long Gabe Davis debate? No, I was debating. <laughs> no, please, please, no, please, no, not again. But the point of this discussion is who who you want, who's better, Darnell Mooney or Gabriel Davis? And I, from we all the tone, dude, Jake here, summed it up Darnell perfectly. Mooney. We're talking about a guy like if you count his playoff stats, what has he got? Fifty catches? Not even. He had thirty-five catches. We had yeah. ten for the two so games. 44. Not even one game. Targets are king. Give me the guy that clearly is getting the ball more. He had more than Justin double. Justin Fields trusts the most. He had more than double the amount of Gabe Davis targets. Yeah. Like, you, you chase those kind of targets. Yeah, I, I just, I, I think it's. Is I don't Mooney think worth Gabe Davis is bad. It's just. No, I'm not trying to late first. For not me. Quite, yeah, it is, it is funny that we're talking like someone was able to get 105 for Gabe Davis. I wouldn't even give up a, a first at all for Darnell Mooney. And I'm, yeah, and we're way higher on Mooney than Davis. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm I wouldn't trade 205 for Davis. No, I, I, I wouldn't. Well, I give that up for like, Do we even need to say that Gabe Davis is one of those? Ha, there's one every week or two where they're just a clear sell. Marquez Callaway. Just, it's clear recency bias jump. Like whenever someone goes and has one of those crazy performances, it, even I the, think you know there'll be mid tier players, there'll be top tier players. It happens all the time. You have to been, sell. What I've been seeing this postseason, like the postseason is okay, like kind of like the best time to sell some hyped up guys because everyone is watching like the same game. So if someone's having like an insane postseason, I feel like it's a sneaky good time to sell them. Yeah, I think T. Higgins has boomed in value recently. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah. Mm. I think he's up to top 10 on receivers right now. Which are AJ Brown? Uh, I'm not, yeah, I'm not game. too far off from T. Higgins. Let's like, get to I this ne- next segment because this is actually an T. interesting Higgins. one. T. Higgins is exactly at wide receiver 10, just for yeah. the record. All right. Who? Uh, the last one uh, for the re- recap, you slash flashy underscore discussion underscore 40 said, best running back to buy now. What top 20 to 15 running back would you feel most comfortable giving two first and maybe a little more slash less for right now? This is besides the obvious like Taylor slash Devontae and more geared towards aging running backs like Cook, Eckler, Kamara, and Z. Well, to be honest, like I just said earlier, I don't want to give two first for any of these yeah. guys. I'd rather just use those first to draft running backs at that point. Absolutely. Or, or, so, but, all right. But I, I think what's more interesting is which of these running backs is the best one to buy. The, uh, the, the veteran running Honestly, you know who I kind of feel the safest about out of those, like, not like, like old, but kind of older ones? Um, and I guess it depends on what his price ends up being because he's ahead on keep trade cut. But like, I'd be surprised if he's like that much more than like a Kamara or something. But Austin Eckler is someone who like interesting. I'd feel because I know on keep trade cut right now he's ahead of Kamara, but I feel like 
in most leagues, their prices are insane, are like pretty much the same. If not, like I feel like Camaro would be a little bit more expensive, but I guess maybe because of the Saints uncertainty, uh, people are on him, which in that case, maybe my answer is Camaro. But uh, Austin Eckler is just, he's like a lock for 20 plus. Like he almost kind of has that like McCaffrey effect to like a slighter extent when it's like when he's healthy, he's a lock for having a good game. Yes, but I still, I know he kind of came into the league late because he was like an undrafted player, didn't get many snaps early in his career um, behind. And yeah, I was going to say he's not, he's not as worn down as like a lot of running backs are. Right. But he's still 26. And at that point, it's, it doesn't matter how many touches you got. Your body starts to break down and your body starts to not be what it was. And to give two first round picks, let alone even like one and like a, quality player on your team that's a high price like obviously if you're contending well worth it but if you're even middle of the road to tanking team obviously you're never going to touch that that price yeah um, i don't know if i'm necessarily fast saying like to the the two first but i definitely give a first and a really good asset i was more just saying like who's my favorite buy out of like those like guys in that tier like the running backs are like 26 27 years old okay i'm gonna give you a couple wait 26 27 years old they have to be well i don't know because what were the names no. that he looked like well the one i mean i think i think it's Kamara, just best, best running back buy in general. best running back buy okay i've got a couple it's, that i like it's and saquon he, barkley if it's I, not saquon barkley I, I, alvin so. Kamara no, I've, is I've just criminally mind. underpriced i, I mean I think that Alvin Kamara is a good bit over Austin Eckler, and it's the other way around right now. Apparently, on Keep Trade, I think. Yeah, I was confused by that because I I feel like in most leagues, Kamara is gonna kind of take the bigger part. I don't know. I think Alvin Kamara is like just fucking ridiculous. You watch this guy play, and he's absurd. I to me, okay, yeah, there's some some uncertainty because a guy like Sean Payton leaves, which hurts and whatnot, but. Dude, Alvin Kamara is great. There's a reason why come draft times, everyone's saying, oh, well, he could be the next Alvin Kamara. It's because Alvin Kamara happens to be pretty damn good. Um, I, he's 100% should be in the top 10. The fact that he's not. I, I bought Alvin Kamara in, in our in our home league. Um, A couple other ones. Saquon, I think, is decent. I just think that Saquon, there is a decent amount of risk. But, yeah, if you could get him for this keep trade cut price at RB13, Fine, you're gonna have no qualms for me. David Montgomery, I think, is really interesting. Screaming and it's by, funny. screaming by on David Montgomery. David, book it now. David Montgomery book is it. this year's Joe Mixon. Book it. Yeah, the thing is, that there's just a lot of me. things that you like. He, the volume seems to be there. He's got a lot of work, especially late in the season, the passing game, and a lot of that was with a guy like Justin Fields, who seems to only want to check it down to David Montgomery. So, like, maybe there's just a connection there. I don't know what it is, but it, it helps him. Um, and not only that, like, dude, in the beginning of the season, before he was hurt, he looked phenomenal. Like, one of the most improved backs in the league. And I used to firmly be in the Josh Jacobs over David Montgomery clan. But, dude, I I think David Montgomery, like, I traded for him, and I wasn't a huge fan of David Montgomery in the beginning of the season. I just kind of needed a running back. and that just led me to watch a couple more bear games than I usually would. And I was really pleasantly surprised with the the player that I ended up buying for, it was something like a first round pick somewhere around there. So I just think like Jake is saying, he has upside. He's only 24. 
I don't lo- I didn't love David Montgomery as a prospect, but I think he's just improved a lot, which is not priced in. And then the last one, which people have talked about, and I haven't personally bought this player like the other two, but it's someone you have to mention because I think there's just so much upside. It's Travis Etienne. Oh no! I know, I know. I'm not doing, the biggest E10 so, guy. You were doing so well, Frank. No, Frank. You were, you were doing so well. well. Look, I don't. I don't think it's. A, I don't think it's a bad Frank, play, looking, buddy. But, but I dude, think... just look at the. Just hear me out here, real quick. Real quick. Right, yeah, First yeah. round pick, Young. Has, so he he has a ton of upside right now. He's RB seventeen. Like if he has a hundred yard game week one, he, sh- he probably jumped. shoots he up to top right ten. Knowing the community, first round draft capital. He had the second highest force miss tackle rate of any of the running backs I tracked in a running back class that might I remind you has two of the top three ranked running backs right now. With another Which I guy, think they're both ranked high. With another guy like um uh wh- what's his name? The Jets dude. Um Michael, Michael Carter. Carter. Michael Carter also ranked pretty high, who's the other dude that was around Travis Etienne for force miss tackle. So like <clears throat> The, for the the tape in general, it wasn't perfect. I wasn't the biggest fan of ETN State, but it's good. There's a lot. His quickness is really, really nice. He's a good receiver. Like, there's a lot of boxes that this guy checks. And just because he's on the Jaguars and, and had that Liz Frank injury, I think that we're talking about a guy that has top 10 upside easily that you could pick up for a single first-round pick. Well, Frank, I think it's time to drop the facade. You know, just move all the Steelers stuff out of the way and put all your Jacksonville Jaguars gear up and, you know, do it all. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're the Jags guy now. You're the Jags yeah, guy. Yeah, apparently the I'm the Jags guy. <laughs> but... I, actually an, I actually am an ETN believer. Oh, um, God. Frank, that's just... <laughs> Frank, that should say something. Lunas is in. I don't know. See, the thing is, though, I haven't traded for ETN, though. So, like, I'm not that big of a fan, but you have to mention it that there's so much upside. Oh, I think the guy. Because, I mean, like, I don't know. Maybe I'm getting, like, PTSD from, like, getting so low on Akers after his injury. But, like, what if, like, Akers did, Very like, different first... injury, but all right. No, but I just mean, like, what if ETN just comes out week one and, like, he looks great. Like, he looks healthy. He has, like, a 90-yard game, total yards, and a touchdown. That entire week you're going to be well, able to sell for a way higher price than what you got him right, for. Right, and I would sell still him. sell. So we have in chat, um, someone said ETN equals clone of DeAndre Swift. And Swift <laughs> that's just, that's just not true, but all right. I'm, I, I well, see I, that's not the guy that you want to comp him to if, if you're going to make me believe in him. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Thanks, thanks to Swift Hater. I just think if ETN was, he would have I've beat this horse to death, but ETN would have gone out the prior year. He, he would have gone, declared for the draft his junior year. But I think we're all looking overlooking someone, though. I think my real answer, while Saquon Barkley is maybe one that I, he's he's a weird one. Saquon's someone that I'm going back and forth, but he's the only other one I'd consider. I think the real guy you gotta look at is Derek Henry. Just oh, why? Well, according to keep trade cut, <laughs> according to keep trade cut, his value is really high. But but from what we've seen, we tried trading Derek Henry in our orphan league where we had him, and there was no point in us having Derek Henry. And like what keep trade cut says Derrick Henry is worth is not actually what Derrick Henry is worth. Mm. If you could give up a late first for Derrick Henry and just ride him till the wheels fall off, I think you'll feel fine about that every single day. As, he's even older than all the other guys. We're talking yeah, about. yeah, but he's Derrick Henry. He's not these other guys. He's not. 
He's got to like, be 29. Okay, let me throw Adrian a name Peterson <laughs> played till he was like 36. Let me throw a name at you. Okay. Actually, two. I know one's going to get shot down, but there actually is a good consideration to buy low here, and that's Clyde Edwards Elair. Um, well, Jack oh, McKinnon's outplaying him. Yeah, I, I, listen, <laughs> no. I'm not the biggest Clyde Edwards Elair guy. I don't have a share of him. Um, I didn't hate him coming out of the draft, but I, I just liked other guys more. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that anyone that has Edwards Elair right now is just trying to get rid of him, it seems like. So the, if you're going to talk about a buy low, the guy's 22 years old. He looked all right in the playoffs. Like, he didn't look amazing, but he, he looked all right. He, any he, any consideration? I mean, we're talking about a second, a mid-second well, round okay. pick potentially, I, right? I mean, if you can get him for a mid-second, you can get I don't him for a mid-second, there's, any, there's, for there's, a there's, a, there's no downside to doing something like that. The only There's only upside because you're not going to find a better player at 206 than... Edward Zilair. So well, what about like you're getting for something like sure, even then I'll say 204. Even then, you're still probably missing out on those that group of guys that you know could have been a first round rookie uh, rookie draft pick, and you're now into those guys that were firmly second round picks. And I just think, you know, Edward Zilair was a top three dynasty pick when he came out. Yeah. So I just I understand he's had two very average seasons and he's starting to get outplayed by the likes of, you know, Jarek McKinnon and Daryl Williams mm-hmm. and Gore, Ter- whatever his first name is, not Frank yeah, Gore, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. like, it, it just raises some questions, and I think his draft stock initially was inflated well, just because he was drafted to the Chiefs, and everyone his, thought he was gonna, he's going to be the next Kareem Hunt. I mean, that's his, a very unrealistic expectation. Here's the thing, Jake. He, he either is going to need a, a change in situation or – a, a change in usage and I don't see Andy Reid and this coaching staff doing anything. I, it doesn't seem like Eric Bieniemy is leaving. So I, from that perspective, I don't think we're getting a different usage from Korea, uh, CEH. And then I also don't see him moving anywhere else. And like, is his value really going to go up if he moves anywhere else? Like everyone's going to be skeptical no. at first. I, maybe he ends up panning out somewhere else. Yeah. Maybe he ends up panning out somewhere else. But to me, I, th- I think it's kind of just a lost cause. Like he's just going to, He's going to give you some all right games, but he's just not what people thought he was. And to be like a – he's still valued, I think, on keep trade cut as a, a mid to late first, right? No, he's firmly yeah. below a first now. Is he really? Yeah. All right, well. That's interesting. Okay, I one mean, last I thing. Think... Go for it. And this is a guy that I also – because I have him on one of my dynasty teams, and I was trying to think about what to do with him. And if I wanted to trade him away, but the, the more I look into it, the more I want to keep him, and the more I, I think that he might even be a buy. And it's going to be a little crazy, but Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary is a guy that has played really well at the end of the year, and there's the obvious risk, and it's priced into a certain extent, of, oh, the Bills, the running game was inconsistent for large parts of the year, so they're going to go in and draft a running back, and they're going to spend good draft capital on a running back. Well, if that doesn't happen and they just take a guy in like the fifth or sixth round or something or pick, in, pick up like a meddling Malcolm Brown-esque free agent, right? Devin Singletary could be a really solid little buy for a non-quality second-round pick that can be a, a decent RB2. I mean, he was at the end of the season, and I just feel like he's a guy that 
not a lot of people are just kind of brushing off some good performances because they think the jury's out on him. I'm not uh, going to lie. When when at first you were like describing the running back you were going to say, you were like, you haven't been one league at first. You were trying to sell, but now you think you should keep him uh, with all the uncertainty. I completely thought you were talking about Elijah Mitchell. I think Elijah Mitchell is more of a sell. Um, I just think with Devin Singletary, it is priced in, but like he could get absolutely nuked if the likes of yeah. obviously if they draft one. But oh, they draft one, he's completely nuked. Even if they go out and get James Conner, who was only on a one-year deal with Arizona, like now you have Josh Allen and James Conner running in in the red zone. Like I mean, even if they go out and get a Kareem Hunt, someone like that, Leonard Fournette, Leonard Fournette, running back. there's a bunch well, of guys. The, the thing that he next. does to to, to kind of backrank up a little bit, the thing that is going in his favor is while Dable did leave, right, and that wasn't a worry, they promoted their offensive coordinator in-house. So it's someone that's still familiar with Devin Singletary. It's someone that, uh, you know, knows what Coaching staff of. is attached to him, right, right? Like, Yeah. So it it could help. I don't know. I think we should move on to our last segment, though, because we could be going a little long. And that is prospects. So we're breaking Wait, down do we, two. Do we want to answer any fan questions real quick? We've been getting some. Yeah, sure. Any viewer questions? Um, what would you need to add on to Watson to get Herbert? Sean Ooh. Watson. Ooh, uh, a lot. I own Herbert a lot. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with Herbert. I wouldn't want to deal with Watson setting. To quantify it probably too first. Next question. Um, what would you trade for Watson? How about in picks this year? What 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 first round pick would That's you go and trade for Watson? Straight uh, up. Yeah. I, Are I you going one oh one? I think I might give up one oh one. I'd give up one oh one for Watson. I think I, I'd I, do like one oh three. So I, I, I think who I, are you I think not I, trading him for? Basically. I think I'd want Brees Hall, and I think I'd want the shot at either QB one or Garrett Wilson. I can kind of see Brees Hall. I'm taking Watson over Wilson and Matt Corral. But, dude, I don't know, dude. I don't know what's going to – Watson's weird. I don't like valuing Watson. I just kind of stay – It's impossible to. Trade a few massages for Watson. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the the thing with Watson compared to these guys is (laughs) we we know – Damn, <laughs> every time, every time, every time, every time. Every time. <laughs> um, that wasn't me. That was Chad. Come on. <laughs> um, 101 for Watson. I think I'd consider doing. It's just the thing of we know Watson's good. We don't know any of these guys are like what they'll actually be in the NFL, and it's just one if first, the other if. And I think I would take Brees Hall, and that's it. I think I'm. Right yeah, now, Brees Hall's I, the only one I would consider, but everyone else, I, yeah. I, so I think I'm at 102. And Clyde Edwards Eler got traded for two twenty-two seconds. Um and uh, Clyde. Wait, CH got traded with two twenty-two seconds for Javante. Steel yeah, that oh. did that happen a while shit. ago though? Or did that happen recently? I was gonna say that yeah, is that, a, that, insane, that robbery. Because if that was recently, one of your dynasty pals might need some help. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now let's move on. <laughs> All right. Um well speaking of some of these prospects. Uh, we're going to look into Garrett Wilson and Drake London. I think we'll kick it off with Garrett Wilson, Ohio State wide receiver. Um, had a very good season, I'd say, this year with C.J. Stroud. Had a very good prior season. I'm pulling up his stats as um, I'm vamping here. But I, I, 
I think that's where we're all going to disagree is what wide receiver is he in this class? I think we all have him at least in their top four. I think Jake is probably going to be the lowest on him. And if I were to guess, I'd say Frank's uh, maybe Lunas is highest on him. And then I just probably fall somewhere in between. Yeah, so I passed out to watch a little bit of Garrett Wilson tape before this episode. And I watched about like 20 minutes. And then I was just like, yeah, I'm I'm just sold. Garrett Wilson to me is the wide receiver one in this class. Let's go. Um, I think he's just everything that you want in a modern receiver. And you can clearly see the parallels to elite re- an elite receiver like a Justin Jefferson. Um, I, I just I, I find it hard to poke a hole in his overall profile. Like, I really don't think that Garrett Wilson does anything that I don't really like. He checks all of the boxes. I think he, okay, he could be a little bit bigger. That might be a little bit of a concern, but I don't really, like, six foot 180, 188, 190. I think that's fine. Young declare, linear trajectory. He averaged 96 yards a game in a really crowded offense. I mean, we're talking about an NFL-level receiving core. I think that receiving core, just real quick, is literally better than half of the NFL teams right now. I'm just going to say that. I think you're going to look back on this Ohio State receiving core similarly to how we look back on the the Alabama receiving core that had uh, Rubs, Judy, Devontae. This receiving core is significantly better. Oh, stop it. Well, you want to know what's interesting (laughs) is – if you if you look it up what by like market from... share, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure Garrett Wilson had a higher market share of this Ohio State offense than Justin Jefferson did of that LSU offense with Joe Burrow. I don't quote me on that necessarily. It's probably pretty damn similar. Um, I don't know. To me, Garrett Wilson, you like here. Let me let me show a play really quickly of Garrett Wilson. Um. Uh, never mind, I don't have to. It's just you can use him in every role. Like, I think he can line up on the outside. He can line up in the slide. You can line him up to do option routes. You can do everything with Garrett Wilson. To me, after watching him, after looking at his profile, I think he's a top 10 NFL draft pick, and I think he's my wide receiver one. He's the only tier one wide receiver I have this year. And you you guys are saying there's no, like, generational level prospect. I don't th- necessarily think that Garrett Wilson is, like, generational but i think he's a he's not pretty damn good wide receiver prospect like i i think he's really good and can easily profile one of the top receivers in the nfl yeah i i think he's he's gonna he's, be a top he's gonna be a top 10 dynasty wide receiver really fast right right now garrett really wilson fast. and Brees hall are in a tough debate for my 101 in this class oh wow uh, i have him as my I believe wide receiver three. It's a toss up between him and the guy we're about to speak on soon. Um, I, I think he, you have Burks and Hall. 102 would be whoever wasn't picked of Brees Hall or or Garrett Wilson. Then 103 would be Drake Drake London. Excuse me. Um, my my thing. I I think Garrett Wilson is. It's tough with these qualifiers, right? Like, great, but not amazing is how I'd say he is. Like, he's a very, very good wide receiver. But he he is someone that I would not have liked taking that high in any other draft. But with this draft, I, I think at a 103, 104 range, I, I think he's a, a very good pick. Um, 
I I just don't think he's far and away better than Traylon Burks or Drake London. I agree with you, JT. I don't think he's far and away better than either of those guys. Um, And the the issue I have is, like, the price tag. I think Garrett Wilson is a phenomenal NFL prospect. He'll probably have a very good career. But taking him as high as 103 in the draft is just bonkers to me. Like, we saw Jamar Chase go there last year. I know the quarterbacks, you know, dominated the top half of Superflex drafts last year. We're not going to get that same, same thing this year. But still, to get a, I got, get a guy like Jalen Waddle last year who went in the back half of drafts, probably picked 110 to 112, I think he's a be- he was a better prospect than Garrett Wilson. So it's just tough for me to really take a guy I, that high. I have an interesting exercise that we'll do after we talk about the other guy. I, I think that, that Jamar Chase was would probably be more than, than the pick to acquire than the pick to, to pick, um what's his name, Garrett Wilson. Dude, I was looking at a, a couple of tweets by this one dude that does like a lot of like startup ADP. That all the draft picks ADPs are like rounds down from from last average and, and last year, right? Like way, way down. So someone like Jamar Chase was around the third round, I'd say, of most super flex startups, third, fourth, fourth round. I don't really think Garrett Wilson's gonna be higher than that or i i mean i think there's a good chance that this guy is going in like the fifth round to begin with with traylon burks being the guy that has that high price tag i don't think either guy should be going in the third fourth round but i think traylon burks is a a higher startup adp right now than garrett wilson let me see yeah um interesting i think that's pretty reasonable i think most people have traylon burks as i know a lot of people have one in this class I, I don't I, think I, I don't understand. think Wilson's far behind, but no, as of I get now, it. before before draft capital, before combine numbers, all that kind of stuff, I think it's reasonable to have Traylon Burks ahead of him. I mean, I understand that Traylon Burks is probably my wide receiver two or three. Um, I'm really high on him. Also, I was just surprised. I, I don't know. Gary Wilson's been getting a lot of hype, so that's why I was like kind of surprised. But I don't know. The problem, is, I, I just, I, the problem I feel for me is that about I have him. so many receivers in this class ranked very similarly to each other, and that's, no, that's why true. I don't, I don't feel the, the need to go take Garrett Wilson at one, 103 when I could wait and take David Bell at 109. Like I don't see the difference. That I think David Bell's starting to get slept on. I, I just I am in love with Garrett Wilson. I think that he's the best receiver prospect in this class, and I think he would have been – Probably my wide receiver three last year. Or wide re- what? He would have been wide receiver two last year. Yeah, he would have been in the conversation for two. What does Garrett Wilson do better than every other receiver in this class that has you separating him from the I just three? think he, he is an absolute puzzle piece fit to what you want as a receiver in the modern game. You can throw it to him in the flat. And it doesn't have to be a good throw either because he's amazing at adjusting to, to low passes and passes thrown behind him. You can throw it up to him one-on-one. So, like, take take all these wide zone offenses that everyone seems to be hiring offensive coaches from. You know, they're, they're just doing these bootlegs, these naked boots where these quarterbacks are getting so much depth and they have three levels to throw, generally speaking, with two guys in the flat, one intermediate, one long. Garrett Wilson... Kind of like a guy like Cooper Cup, right? Can play every single one of those roles at a very high level. 
So, it, so his route tree, his high—I don't know what the word I'm calling—but he he can his route tree is very good. Is essentially yeah. Like yeah he, he's yeah. he's dynamic with the ball in his hands. He's good going vertical. He has good separation. He has nuanced releases. I just think that there's like everything that you'd want. And on top of that, like I was saying the other episode, like analytically speaking as well, he's very strong. Like I don't really mm. see many holes that you can poke other than the fact that like, okay, I wish he was an inch taller and, and five pounds more, sure. 10 pounds more to be like an AJ Brown. But to be honest, I don't think that that's an issue. This guy is a great athlete. He was the top dog on an absolutely loaded offense of receivers. He commanded a high market share of the offense. The dude is a fucking beast. So, like, yeah. I, I was saying earlier, like, what is and is not generational? I think he's closer to generational than he oh. is to not generational. So, well, my, my question to you, Frank, and I'm going to just turn into a podcast listener at this point, is I'm struggling – Picking between Gat Wilson and Drake London of who I like more. Can you explain to me? We'll just transition on to Drake London too while you do this. But can you explain to me why you much rather have Garrett Wilson than Drake London? Like, what does Drake London lack that Garrett Wilson? Well, okay. So now we're going into my wide receiver too, <clears throat> which is Drake London. I'm also a big Drake London fan. I think that he's a phenomenal player. I think the thing that Garrett Wilson does better than Drake London is that Garrett Wilson has more versatility than Drake London. Drake London, you kind of you're 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 taking your X receiver. You're taking the big dude. You want him to be your Mike Evans. You want him to be your DeAndre Hopkins, where you line him up on the outside, and if he's ever one on one, you know who you're throwing the ball up to. I think that Garrett Wilson just with the way that that coaches want receivers that can play every role, that can, you can line them up anywhere. I can hide this guy and match him up any way that I want. You see a lot of the younger, modern offensive coaches doing that and doing it in creative ways with guys like Debo Samuel, even getting receivers involved in the running game and lined up as H-backs and whatnot. With Drake London, you just get less of that, which isn't necessarily a a, a huge negative, but I think that, Garrett Wilson in the, in this modern positionless receiver role is just amazing. Drake London to me is just a very good receiver prospect. I don't think he's an amazing level prospect. I think he's he's very good and he does a lot of great things well. I think the community is massively underrating Drake London, but Garrett Wilson to me is just the top dog. So I, I guess he just checks more boxes than London does and that's why I like mm -hmm. him slightly more. I, I would not be surprised come draft time. It's just entirely shaken up with maybe Drake Bell. Uh, David Bell doesn't, you know, jump into the top three. But I think the top three could be – because right now I think it's Burks, Wilson, London, I think is consensus. But yeah. that could be completely different come, no, come sure. draft day. Um, London for me, I, I still I'm, – I'm really high on him. He's my wide receiver for this draft class. Um, well, he oh. may have bumped up to three. I originally had Jamison Williams ahead of him at three uh. when he was healthy, but the ACL tear. So, um, so I guess now he's three. But well, you well, do know I'm Drake London's also injured, right? Yeah, no, I know. Um, but it's the not thing, as bad, but yeah, yeah, no, as you're saying, it's not as bad as injury. Uh, Drake London, I guess first Garrett Wilson. Again, I'm saying this being insanely high on Drake London. I think uh, 
Garrett Wilson is going to have better success against like those elite corners that try to press up on the line of scrimmage. Um, I have more faith in kind of like an offense can use Garrett Wilson in a more diverse uh, set of ways than um, London. And I do think London is going to be a really good outside receiver. I just see Wilson as there. You can plug him in wherever in your offense to run any route. Um, Why London's route trees and, and route running ability isn't near the level of uh, Wilson for me. Uh, so I don't know. I still like London a lot, but Wilson's just like, he, he makes fools out of like every corner. For the yeah. record, I, I, I mean, I like Drake London more than I like Garrett Wilson. I think he's the, the better NFL wide receiver here. I, it, the guy averaged 135 yards per game. Yeah, fucking ridiculous. Absolutely. His, no, his production was insane. numbers. And like, I, people are going to be like, oh, he played in the Pac-10 or Pac-12, whatever it is. Like, I, like, who cares? He's playing with a USC quarterback that was, I, I don't even know who it was. It, Keaton Slovis got benched. I don't hey, Jackson know. Dart was there for a little Sick bit. Plan. USC's yeah, going to be exciting next Jackson, year. Cool Jackson, Black. Jackson Dart's a phenomenal top-tier name, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but playing with nobody. And, like, if he can even do a fraction of that in the NFL, he's going to be an animal. He's 6'5", he's 210, he's, he's he is a monster. In the red zone, he's going to be an animal. He, yeah. Beyond that, he is a good route runner for his size. People say, oh, he's just a red zone threat. No, that's not the case. He's a good route runner for his size. And, like, just to put up those monster numbers week in, week out, regardless of what conference you play in, is just massively impressive. Obviously, I'm going to be checking out his medicals come come combine time, make sure everything checks out. But right now, I definitely have Drake London higher than Garrett Wilson. I think Garrett Wilson is a system-wide receiver to an extent. Ooh. I think that – I think to an extent. He's a phenomenal okay, okay, talent. Okay, okay. But I think that Ohio State offense – and if you look at, you know, the difference between him and Olave, they do the same thing. Him and Olave do exactly the same thing in this offense. Not to take anything away from Olave, but like JT said, he would have come out last year if he was really as talented as – you know, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, all those guys. I will always hammer that point. Um, so I think like, what you guys you guys got to consider and where I'm going to back you up here, Jake, is Drake London. What's really impressive about Drake London to me is he was able to, in his freshman and sophomore year, carve out a very nice role for himself. When he had in his freshman year, it was Michael Pittman and Amon Ra, and then in his sophomore year, Amon Ra. And he was still able, like, you know, it, it wasn't, crazy stats but he was able to hold his own and then obviously when he became a junior he was the easy alpha of this team like just incredible stats in his junior year so i i for one i think i'm gonna put london to wilson three right now but like those two flip flop back and forth in my mind every single time but th- this is a usc team that's produced two solid wide receivers so far Albeit ones that I think are pretty overrated, and I, I just think Drake London is better than both Michael Pittman. Well, and yeah, dude, there's a long Rock. list of good USC receivers from Robert Woods to Juju Smith-Schuster, Michael Pittman. I mean, DJ there, there's Chark. yeah, DJ. Ch- I, oh, no, no he went to LSU. Yeah, LSU, um, LSU. Nelson Aguilar was good at USC. Yeah, there's like a there's a, a good list of them. Not not necessarily that they're all amazing, but they're pretty damn good players. Amon yeah. Ra, right? Like. 
like JT said, Will, uh, Drake London is easily better than all these guys. And I think that the big knock on him is like, oh, he's an end keel Harry. He's not going to be able to create separation. But I think that I was not a big end keel Harry guy. I really didn't like him as a prospect. But I love Drake London because I think the big difference is that at the catch point, Drake London is so much better at creating separation with his body control and those, you know, little push-offs and whatnot that you're able to get away with. A guy like A.B. was really good at that, creating separation at the catch point. Like, And, and on top of the fact, I think that while Enkiel Harry was also decent with the ball in his hands, I think Drake London is just better with the ball in his hands. I think that Drake London can easily be that that DeAndre Hopkins in, in the league. Um, the, the dude is amazing. He is a very, very good prospect. So, to be clear... You think Drake London can be a DeAndre Hopkins, but you love Garrett Wilson then because he's your wide yeah, receiver. Yeah, I, well, I, I like these. These are my easy like wide receiver one and two right now. Drake London, Garrett Wilson. You know, the, the interesting thing about Drake London is like well, well, what Jake said earlier, right? Like, And kind of like JT, the dude has just produced 71 yards a game as a freshman. 84 yards a game as a sophomore, 136 yards a game as as a as a senior, right? Like ridiculous linear trajectory. You you comp you comp him to to Enkil Harry, who played in the same conference last two years of, of Enkil Harry's year, 90 and 93 yards a game. Like very little linear trajectory there, plateaued. They they play in the same conference. Drake London easily outperformed him. Easily outperformed him. And also in all of his contested catch stats as well. Drake London just destroyed everyone. And he's good with the ball in his hands. And he's, I think, like Jay said, a better route runner than, than advertised. Um, the, the problem with USC is that that offense, they didn't really ask their receivers to run very complicated routes. It's like a his route it's an is air esque offense. So, like, the plays are easy. How is London like Hopkins? I think the, the reason they're very similar is they both have really safe, sticky hands that they can catch in contested catches scenarios, and they're both much better than you would expect with the ball in their hands. DeAndre Hopkins, when I did my Arizona Cardinals analysis, I was shocked with how good he was at making defenders miss on screen passes and end in space and, and just being a ball carrier after the catch. Like, you would think that a guy that's six fit, six five, two twenty, six fit, two fifteen, would just be like an easier dude to tackle because he's just kind of lanky, right? Like, no, he's not, not the player. case at all. Like, what if he's one on one with a smaller corner? Like, it's it's tough to bring this dude down, and he's shifty. Like, he, there's like a whole lot. Like, if you just don't see it coming. You know, they throw the ball to him, like. Just at the line of scrimmage, he's able to make these guys, these fast corners, miss so easily. Right. So this is this is the my receiver episode. I love these guys. I want to <laughs> draft them. I just don't have the quality of first round picks. My my game, which I'm now realizing, I don't think it'll play as well, but we could try it. Is where we would have drafted him in relation to the receivers last year as in Chase, Devontae, Waddle. So I, I, we all agree we're not taking any of them over Chase, right? Now, over Chase? No, but Garrett Wilson will be my wide receiver too in last year's class. 
over well, Smith and Waddle. Where where I realized this was going to be an issue is we all had a different wide receiver. <laughs> like, yeah, I had Rashad Bateman. Frank was Devontae Smith. Uh, I, I think you guys were on the Waddle train. I we have, we were both. Me and Jake were both kind of Waddle and Smith being like a two A two B kind of thing. I would have had Devonte Smith and and um Mar Chase it, it definitely in the conversation of these guys, probably ahead of them. But everyone else, I'd have London and Garrett Wilson over Bateman, Rondell Moore, Elijah Moore, Waddle, all those dudes. Dimey Brown. Well, yeah. Now we're getting. I uh, to me, I I would have gone. Chase, then I, I probably would have said Bateman, to be honest, if I'm sticking with how I thought about these prospects. I think I still would have said Bateman. Then I would have said Burks. I don't know. I still really like Terrace Marshall. But we'll pretend I didn't like Terrace Marshall. <laughs> um, Garrett Wilson, Jake London, I think, would both be there. Then I'd say Waddle. Um, then David Bell, then Devontae would be how I would rank all those guys. Um, I gotta cool. think more on Burks and Jameson, but I know for London and Wilson, I probably would have had a Chase, Wilson, Waddle Smith. I had kind of like a two A two B that draft, so three A B, then London after them. So I, I think my real question is where it's the, it's these two guys first, Jalen Waddle. Who's ranking Waddle above them? Who's ranking Waddle below them? Jake, you got Waddle above. I mean, well, I've, I mean been the, I've been the yeah, Waddle guy from, from the be, from the beginning. I I mean, what does what do these guys do that Waddle doesn't and hasn't proven he can do in the NFL? I don't know how you how you can't take. Well, that. no, this this would have been just you just got. Well, no, we're talking about coming out of prospects. college, not yeah, knowing not what talking he, about I mean, did in the coming NFL. out of college. The biggest issue with Waddle was his injury, and Drake London also has an injury, so like I, the same I just, injury, <laughs> like the same exact injury. So, I mean, I think Waddle was has this better speed than both of these guys. Waddle had a better route tree than Gar- uh, Drake London, pretty similar to Garrett Wilson. So uh, he has the size of Garrett Wilson. He's about the same size, about six six foot, 190. I, I think he was just a slightly better prospect than Gar- uh, Garrett Wilson and Drake London, both these guys, but they would follow right after for me. I think Waddle has the edge on Wilson and athleticism, but I think Wilson was a little bit more polished coming out. Yeah, I'm just but, judging off of what I what I have them as my pre-draft grades. I had Waddle, and this is a miss on my part. I had him as like a late first round NFL prospect. So I have London and and um, Garrett Wilson above that. I'd probably side with Frank, even though I, I I was a little higher on Waddle, but I think I like these two better than I would have liked Waddle last year. But I mean. These two would have been my three, four in 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 the class with Devontae Smith then falling to five is what how that would have played out for me. So I had I had Devontae Smith and Jamar Chase's early first round grades pre-draft last year, and I have Garrett Wilson in that tier one early first round grade. And then I have Drake London in that tier two mid-early first. Like more you know, like that that teen spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that it's not like a. It's hard to call it a mid first, but it's not an early first, so mid early, you know. Mm-hmm. Think you know what I'm putting down there? No, I got um, that. Um, I just I wanted to get this last thing because I was saying there's really no holes in Garrett Wilson's profile. I think there is one thing that I don't like, 
And I give him a pass for it because of the offense that he played in and how much of a role he had carved out of that offense, especially when you look at Justin Jefferson's market share numbers, right, of the LSU offense. He only went from 90.4 yards per game his sophomore year to 96.2 yards per game his junior year, which does fit my over five yards uh, per game more than last year as the threshold that I've used for um, for linear trajectory. And, and But it's not a lot, so maybe there's a little bit of a plateau going on there. I'm not buying into it, but it's it is something that I guess is in the back of my mind. Like if I wildly miss on I, Garrett Wilson, like I'm gonna probably point back and be like, "Oh well, that was probably my clue." I think what you could point to that is most likely not the case for many other receivers that have that plateau is he had someone in Olave who decided to stay who like may have been able to go in the draft. And then he also on the other side had the emergence of Jackson Smith and Jigba. I feel like in a year or two, when we see how good Smith and Jigba is going to be, like it's going to be way more understandable why Wilson probably couldn't get as many yards. You want Same way funny? like with Jefferson having Chase across him. Like I think Smith the Jigba is going to be a Chase level prospect by the time he comes out. Uh, I, I was watching one of those like um, – entire offense cut up so just like all the offensive plays for ohio state against someone i forget who it was it was a red team um yeah i, I can't remember the name it was a color a red team. yeah i think it was a red team um, Nebraska, indiana I, I, indiana I, I forget i forget Maryland, but long indiana. story short i'm watching and i saw it wasn't garrett wilson but it was i thought it was Olave have a really nice release and i'm like oh shit that was nice i gotta watch that again and I'm like, okay, well, it looks like I'm moving Olave up a little bit. Like, that was really polished. And all of a sudden, I see him at the top of the route. It's 11. I'm like, oh, shit, dude. Smith and Jig was good. That dude is a beast. <laughs> wait, like, wait, Jake. You don't think by the time Smith and Jigwa comes out, he could be close to chase level? He just I don't. I mean, I, I have to look at it more. But, I mean, I don't think he has to. I, well, I've never seen an underclassman to... dominate, like, him and Chase. Jamar Chase. No, but Jamar Chase dominated on like uh, Jamar Chase is like a once in every couple Jamar decades. Jamar Chase kind of. was like Jamar Chase also he, does that did at Burrow. I'm not saying he's gonna be better than Chase. I think he's five star all the accolades you could want. Yeah, I don't think CJ Stroud's as good as Burrow though, but I think that your y'all's point is more valid than Linus's though. I don't, I don't know we'll if you can start <laughs> giving him like Dude, Jamar Chase did his production was. Nuts. I'm I'm not convinced, Jackson. I like Jackson Smith and Jigba. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not even convinced he's the best one in the class. Like there, there's still you like the Butte and Quinn Johnson from TCU. Yeah, he's been getting a lot of hype. I, I I'm pretty sure he's like a big PFF dude. I see y'all in the bandwagon a year. I, I, the the bandwagon yeah, already happened. Yeah, see you back <laughs> still in that top ten slash nine. <laughs> but slash just a QB one slash top fifteen slash still the starter. Um, <laughs> Anything else y'all want to get out on these draft prospects before we we dip? Uh, I think that's, that's all I got for you. I have no. Oh, oh and and Garrett Wilson was a punt slash kick returner. Oh wow, which so is nice. Model. Yeah, so was Waddle. So falls into Jake's uh, 
with how he's comparing the two. I don't. I um, I I really like these these wide receiver prospects though. Just closing thoughts from I, mock yes. drafts I've seen. I think that Drake London and Garrett Wilson they they are gaining a little bit more hype. But from what I've seen, especially a lot of these mocks where these quarterbacks are going a lot earlier than I would have thought, especially for I the think, trash I mean, they got. I think that's going to change once people see the actual draft capital put into these guys. Yeah, but what yeah. about the running back? Like Isaiah Spiller, I think there's a lot of people that would take Isaiah Spiller over both of these receivers and even Kenneth Walker. So, like, I don't think, I think it's I'd completely unreasonable to get – like if you're sitting there with a 106 or a 107, I think there might be a decent chance that one of these two receivers who you can make a clear argument should be the wide receiver one is sitting there. I mean, Which, I think it's I think there's a very good chance one of them is sitting there, or that means Traylon Burks is going to be sitting there for you. So it's not it, 107. One of those top three as, are going to be there. 107 is not going to be as bad as everyone's making it out to be. All right, so. I think that is a good place to wrap it up, though. Um, season two, episode 26. Thank you all for listening. Uh, Thanks, if you're on guys. YouTube, make sure to subscribe, like, comment. Like. Any questions, if you want to comment them down below, if you've made it this far, we'll try and get to some of them. I know we try and answer them in chat. If you're on podcast, uh, I don't know. Uh, where's the best Rate place? Us last third, third and 20 on Twitter is probably the best place to reach us. At 3RD. Link in the description down below as well. Yeah. So thank you, everyone. See you.